0: Galena and I have so much fun with Amy that we have decided to team up, the three of us, on a big, exciting project about health, weight loss, and finding your new normal. Come join us at EatMoveLive52.com slash Amy. Get all the information. Sign up to hear the news first. See you soon.
1: Hello, and a warm welcome to the Eat Move Live 52 podcast from your hosts, Roland and Galina.
0: I'm Roland, and I am a skill-based weight loss coach who lost 110 pounds myself 17 years ago, kept it off ever since, and now I help my clients and readers to do the same.
1: And I'm Galina, I'm a movement specialist and a trauma therapist supporting people with chronic and persistent pain and recovering from emotional eating.
0: this is your first time with us, Head on over to eatmovelive52.com slash podcast guest. Get your free download and uh, see how you can work with us.
1: And now on to the show. Hi, and welcome to the Eat Move Live 52 Podcast. We have a very special guest with us today.
0: Amy Cabal is joining us. Hey, Amy.
1: Hey guys, how are you?
0: We are great. Amy Kubal, Master in Science in RDN, is a registered dietitian who is well-versed in working with paleo, autoimmune, ketogenic, digestive, and kidney health, performance, eating disorder, figure, bodybuilding, diet, nutrition plan. That's a lot. She has served as a consultant dietitian for Rob Wolf, the Paleo Mom, training Bible coaching, and several CrossFit gyms. She also works independently with a wide range of diets, health conditions, athlete types and ages. Amy, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Well it's up. thank you so much for having me.
0: You are very welcome. Galena and I, when we when we suggest that we've been following each other on Facebook for such a long time and Galena asked me the other day how we'd met and I have no idea. I have some, some some I do have an idea, but I think it must be through some sort of a podcast and commenting on comments in a podcast, you know, stream or something like that. It's been such a long it's time. It's got to
2: be like cuz I can I'm like I've tried to remember, I'm like I'm pretty sure I've never met you in person. I'm pretty sure, but I don't re- like were you ever at PaleoFX or I, Ancestral Health Symposium?
0: I went to Ancestral Health Symposium in Berkeley. But that's like the, the
2: very first one ever?
0: No, I think it was the second one. It was like in two thousand, I think maybe two thousand fifteen or two thousand sixteen.
2: Okay, so, then um, no, I I was before that.
0: Yeah. And so, I haven't been yeah. to I haven't been to Paleo FX. So, um yeah.
1: But yeah. I, I feel I feel like I know you because I'm going to follow you. <laughs> and we both love cheese. And that's enough reason for me to love you. Yeah.
2: Right. And and I am I pretty much, like, my life is pretty much a, a daily Facebook post. It's not that exciting.
0: <laughs> well, at least you're funny. So. You're, super, you're, <laughs> you're funny. And you're... I can't make yeah yeah
2: i really i really can't make this shit up this is what actually is happening <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh that's funny uh, yeah so i think it was through rob wolf's podcast i used to be like a i had a before i got into coaching people i was a i had a full-time job and i drove a lot thousands of miles a month just for the job mm-hmm. much less so i had a lot of Commute time, and I used that time to listen to a lot of audiobooks. And when I ran out of audiobooks, I listened to a lot of podcasts. I think I listened to like virtually every nutrition, paleo, primal, low carb podcasts. And I heard you on plenty of them, so I know. I, I know we go back as far one way or another. Go back that far. So it's been a while. Yeah,
2: I, and we've been friends on Facebook for a long while. So, yeah. I feel like I know you guys too. And you live in Boulder, so there's that. That's
0: (laughs) right. Yeah. So it's great to finally- Or near Boulder. Yeah. yeah, It's it's great to finally uh, talk live.
1: And I had this idea probably a few months ago, we're talking, who can we invite who's an RD, who's super level-headed? And it was like, oh, how about Amy? Because it's so hard to invite to our podcast, somebody who's not extreme in a camp of some sort, right? Or like in in a very narrow niche. And we really love people who are well-rounded and who can sort of embrace a wide variety of clients. Because so often, you know, we're close with um, people who specialize in nutrition, but they're sort of working on the edges of the bell curve, like kind of on the outskirts and there's so much wonderful work to be done in the middle.
0: Yeah. And it's yeah. just so nice to yep. have some, somebody who has experience with all of those things. So you've got the, you know, the clinical experience and the RD and all that. But then you've also been, you've seen some of these, out, these things on the outskirts or the fringes. And you've played with a lot of them. You've experienced a lot of them. And then you take all that, that sort of knowledge and sort of come figure out like how it works in reality, which I really like
2: which is totally different than how it works in a research paper. I'll just tell you that right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So when, when Galena and I started, we started working with our nutrition clients. We were pretty focused on, well, way back when, it was like just counting calories and things like that. But then we started getting more into coaching people. It was more of a paleo style diet because it's a little bit simpler. And we really wanted to focus Mm -hmm. on, on the people who had, more than just weight to lose but then we're trying to improve their health as well and our our relationship with paleo has changed a little bit over the years um what about you
2: oh for sure for sure i would say like when i first started in in the paleosphere i was pretty militant about it um and i really i thought it was the end all be all for for everything and ultimately um it's not and it's not for everyone and there there needs to be some flexibility built in and it needs to be sustainable ultimately it is the one of the best frameworks out there I feel because it's based on real food but but there's also a lot of people that that do it wrong and and that don't don't grasp what it truly is or or they don't give themselves any leniency which i like to call it's called having a life um in in other other things that are out there like it's this way or it's no way and i think that's where sometimes where paleo gets gets a bad name is because of the people doing it wrong and telling everybody else that this is how it needs to be done and and because it's it's so rigid and um ultimately they make it into something that it doesn't need to be or that and and or that it's not
1: Mm -hmm. just
2: to for clarity for our
1: listeners would you give a tangible example of quote-unquote doing it wrong or like yeah or what (laughs) (laughs) yeah like what people are told to do is is the idea like you can never get off or is the idea like almond almond meal muffins
2: okay so both absolutely both (laughs) um so yeah it's it's there's there's paleo everything nowadays i don't it, it doesn't there's paleo there's cheese that fits in a paleo diet which cheese is not paleo um but it's made from almond milk and you know like we have paleo pancakes paleo muffins paleo bread uh everything is it's turning into like what i what i feel is how you know like for back in the 80s early 90s that fat free and low fat was like the craze and then we started having fat free cookies fat free ice cream fat free butter and people stopped losing weight and stopped seeing results and stopped feeling good because all of this stuff is coming back into your diet it's the same thing that's happening with paleo with keto once you start making things that aren't inherently from nature or part of that plan part of that plan regardless of what ingredient they're made with things are start going to start going wrong real fast um other things that i see that i've seen people do wrong is so paleo is not all meat and fat it's not it's it's it should be more vegetables than anything else. It should be a more plant-based diet than anything else. Um, If you base it off what the caveman ate, they didn't eat meat every day. They ate meat when they hunted. And it's fine to eat meat every day. But remember, you should probably gather some vegetables to have with it. Um, It's not eating out of a jar of coconut oil because, oh, that's a healthy fat and it's paleo and I can eat as much of this as I want. And that's, that's where things start to start to go wrong or all fruit of like no vegetables. They just eat all fruit all day. And, and, and at a certain point, then they're like, well, why isn't this working? Well, well let me tell you. Um, <laughs> let so, me tell you the 30, yeah.
1: 30 bananas a day is not paleo.
2: <laughs> not, not good. Not good. And a jar of almond butter. Yeah. You're going to have a bad time. <gasps> yeah.
1: Yeah. But I have to tell you, when I first started paleo, I was still in Bulgaria, so many, many years ago, and I did the, um, the Paleo Diet for Athletes is how I started with that book. That's how I started Okay, it.
2: yep. And that's where I started too, actually, with Lauren.
1: Yeah, with Lauren Cordain's The, the Blue Book. <laughs> so. Yep. And so I remember because I mixed that idea with all of my eating disordered ideas at the time so it's whatever Mm -hmm. i I did the same
2: thing oh my gosh we're like the same person
1: the paleo ed diet was born
2: yep and so what
1: i would do is i ate fruit and nuts all day long i would buy these giant bags of cashews and i ate fruit and nuts all day long so because i felt clean Mm -hmm. feeling clean Mm -hmm. is um feeling clean is a particular kind of very interesting, um, psycho emotional experience. And, uh, you know, like, um, you could, you could bring it down to religious and other archetypal things, but it made me feel really clean. And so like at night I would eat a little bit of fish and I would eat maybe a little bit of salad. And I was trying to lose weight, but I was already so close to like dangerously low weight for me that I was constantly hungry because I, and I also wasn't eating any carbs. So I made it like other than the fruit. So because the fruit carbs don't do anything for me.
2: (laughs) Right. (laughs) They don't stick with you
1: at all. I was hungry all the time. Like I can eat one potato or 12 bananas. It's pretty much like Uh how my body works. Like I can eat like actual carbs and get really satisfied with the little, or I need to eat a ton of fruit that doesn't do anything for me. So I did right. it in this crazy way. And in my mind, I was doing the paleo diet.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, you were. Everything you ate was paleo. but Right.
1: But it was organized in this wacky way. Yep. And I yeah. was like, oh, I'm it's, trained in it's... nutrition. I can do this.
0: <laughs> well, I read the same book, right? It's weird that we all... A paleo diet for athletes. So I don't know. Maybe it's just the timing of like when it came out, like that was a new version and we were ready for it. Well,
1: it I was also you know, lifting weights. Yeah. Daily, so, right.
0: But I looked at it and I went, oh, I, can, I understand all of the things he's saying. But at that time, like buying grass fed stuff was really hard. Like, And I'm like, where am I going to get organ meats? Like, I can't, like, I live in or- like the heart of Orange County where there's only like big grocery stores. Like, where can I find all this stuff? And, but I. So I kind of went into it slowly. I went, oh, I'm going to do as much of this as possible and just continue my, my quote-unquote healthy eating and my clean eating and the counting cap. Count. So I just, instead of like just following his rules, right. I went out and had tacos de lengua. Mm-hmm. So like, like I'm like, <laughs> okay, I can eat some of these organ meats. Liverwurst, I love that. And Braunschweiger and um, tacos made out of tongue, right? So those were like, uh-huh. and I tried some menudo, but I didn't like it. I ate everything but the tripe. This one um, thing. Yeah, but so then I, but I did kind of learn, and then over time I modified. Then I eventually I came back to it, and I tried like more like once foods were available, and once I had a better handle on my cooking, and realized that it's that if I can't find grass fed everything, I can still do okay with the non grass fed, and it's a start. So I don't think I was was as disordered
1: yeah it's amazing how you can take this information. It's all going to get filtered through how we
2: think about food all right yep we all have how our everybody lenses. interprets things differently, yeah, so like
1: having a diet with principles is still it still requires somebody with knowledge like you to say this mm-hmm. is how we're gonna do it well. so if there's a quote unquote wrong way to do paleo, what would be? like, in an ideal world, what would be, and it doesn't have to be realistic, but what would be, like, we had Mickey Trescott on our podcast a few months ago, talking about, talking about nutrient density, and what would be an ideal
2: paleo diet? Would it be more towards nutrient
1: density? What would it be like?
2: I believe so, I, and, and more, so three quarters of your plate would probably, like, be vegetables, um, Mm -hmm at least half, half would be non-starchy vegetables. A quarter would be a starchy vegetable and a quarter would be protein. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a pretty good template to set you up to to getting it right. Now the size of your plate is going to matter, but let's not eat like assholes and let's pick a, a healthy size plate and not a platter. Right. But <laughs> yeah. And I, I believe focusing, yeah, on, on the nutrients, colors. I always tell my clients, eat a variety of colors. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm more on the, I work with a lot of people that need to lose weight. So, and I want them to get high quality protein. So I focus on lean proteins um, as opposed to like, I call bacon a fat, um, mm-hmm. sausage is a fat, because otherwise those are the ones they pick all the time. And ultimately those aren't the the protein to fat ratio there isn't awesome, and I want to make sure they're getting high quality protein and not overdoing it in terms of caloric density and undoing any weight loss that they are wanting to see. And so I, I focus on that, and then let them use avocado and um, have have a few have have a moderate amount of nuts and and those types of things and add oil to, to their veggies or butter to their veggies. And, um, as like condiments, the fat is a condiment. Mm. It's not, uh, it's not a section on the plate. It's not half of your cup of coffee. Right. Exact, exactly. Exactly <laughs> that. Yeah.
1: Like I'm going to put some MCT oils and some ghee and some coconut oil in my coffee okay, 500 calories
2: worth of fat later.
1: Right, and you
2: why am I not losing weight? Why am I not yeah. losing weight? Yeah, yeah, it is.
0: You didn't, have, mean, enough of, you didn't fasting, have enough of it,
2: right? You're not tailoring right. 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 exactly. exactly. hard
1: enough. Are you even in ketosis, right. Amy? Are you even in ketosis? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I it's
2: know. crazy.
1: So since I, it since, is. I, since I said the K word, um, what what happened what happened when, you know, paleo was so popular for a while and now keto has resu- been resurrected. And now yeah, again. So what what about keto? Yeah, the,
0: the paleo community used to be like uh, sort of anti-Atkins and like uh uh-huh. right and like look at keto and say, Oh, I can't believe you like keto's not necessary, you just need to eat paleo, and now it's like everyone's jumping on the keto bandwagon.
2: We need keto. And I, I I think it's because paleo started to fizzle. So we needed a new, we needed a new scapegoat for people to make money um, and write blog posts about, but that's a whole nother soapbox. So anyway, um, keto, you know, it, it's a diet that has its place therapeutically, um, but it should not be your life plan. Like you should not be in ketosis for the rest of your life. It's not healthy. We don't, There's not enough studies on super long-term keto like that. And um, ultimately people, yeah, they're going to lose weight at first. When they first go on it, you're going to lose water like no other because there's no carbs. Um, And also the, the food variety is so much less. So at a certain point you just get tired of, your selections. Like if I had to, if somebody told me I had to be on a keto diet, I'd probably first cry for like five years and then um, go buy some bacon or something. Um, But yeah, it's a depressing diet if you do it right. Again, because like on a real keto diet, it's a three or four to one ratio of fat to protein and carbs, which doesn't give you a lot of play, you know? Like I think a lot of people out there doing keto are doing what they call dirty keto. And that's where the ratios are off. They're using the keto bread and the um, keto cookies and keto bars and keto shakes and taking exogenous ketones on top to help them get ketosis. And ultimately it becomes a very expensive diet. And I've seen people gaining weight on, on keto, actually. So is that healthy? No. And and a lot of people that don't enjoy it. Like, yeah, there's going to be those people that are like, it's changed my life and I feel so good. And it works for some people. But if it doesn't feel good, don't do it. If you hate everything you eat, it's not a good diet for you. And that's that's kind of with any diet. You need to find one that's going to work for you. And if it's not, and you hate your life, then you're doing it wrong. Food is meant to be enjoyed. It shouldn't be a punishment, and you shouldn't dread your meals.
0: I was going to say my, my, wow. thing is, my thing is – I'm going to breathe
2: now. Okay. I'll, I'll <laughs> talk for
0: a second. Um, so, like, we've met – Galena and I have both met, and I'm sure you have too, people who have, like, they, they love the keto diet. But you can kind of mm-hmm. tell that, like – because through experience that in like six months, they're probably not going to love it anymore, but they don't have it. There's no like exit plan for keto. Like, what are you going to like, like there's no one saying, okay, so if if you start to get tired of keto, here's what you can do to relax a little bit. Right. But because they have this belief that it, that the reason that they're losing weight or losing fat is because the ketosis is what did it, not the calorie deficit. So they've like bought into this thing. So my, we we just bought a, a used car a month and a half ago and the salesman <laughs> who needed to be on, needed to lose some weight, he said, right. And he was, he found out I was a right. health coach. He was asking me questions. And I said, well, if you have any questions, like I'm happy to, happy to point you in the right direction. He goes, well, I'm just going to do, do keto. I go, oh yeah. Okay. You, you like the keto diet? And he goes, oh yeah, I've done it three or four times.
2: That exactly, and that's the same with whole 30s. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do another whole 30. Yeah, okay. And what are you gonna do after you whole 30? Uh, whole 30 donuts, whole 30 pizzas. <sighs> well, yeah. It's, and it's so frustrating. It's short term fixes for a long term problem, and it doesn't work. But
1: th- what was coming as I was listening to you, I had this light bulb come on, which is if I want to lose weight, so I come in, I'm client A client a really wants to lose weight that's important to them right and then i right. lose that weight on keto so now for me keto diet and weight loss because weight loss is a desired outcome all of a sudden uh-huh. keto becomes a desired diet because that's the diet that i lost weight on but not every right. diet you lose weight on is appropriate is good or, or right. healthy or healthy like I've mm-hmm. lost diet on some stupid ass stuff. Like, I used to do the protein sparing modified fast, Lyle McDonald's style. You know how long ago that was? Okay. Like people have forgotten that, who Lyle, that people have forgotten who Lyle is, but that was the first keto diet keto book I read. His keto book, his protein book. Those were the books that I was getting my ideas from. So doing a protein sparing modified fast at 600 calories a day because of my size, because I was 118 pounds, so 60, 600 calories a day is what I got, and doing glycogen depletion on the eight, at the end of the week, and then doing carb loading, which put me in a coma, so didn't remind, I didn't remember my weekends. I would go to work on Monday and not remember- And it wasn't I alcohol. I didn't remember what it on Saturday and Sunday, because you know what I loaded with was skim milk and, and uh, cornflakes. That's, that's how I carb-loaded after.
0: So so your joy of carb-loading was even like some crappy cereal?
2: Oh, at, in both no That's in what there? I was going to say. Cornflakes, really? Like wouldn't have picked like, <laughs> Not even frosted? I know. So, like in bo- so you guys- know, like this, this,
0: like
1: this is happening in Eastern Europe, right? Like cornflakes is like the best thing we have in that category.
2: So- Remind me never to go there. No, I'm it's kidding. It's better now. Or it's or
1: better, it's center better, center better now. But there. like- Okay. Think about like you know because you're not supposed to have any fat, right? When you're loading, so it's just carbs for like two days. Right. You have to eat like three thousand calories of it, so it's really hard to get that many carbs from like I can't eat that many potatoes. You can't eat potato chips because you can't have fat. So like I f- I did the math and skim milk and <laughs> and corn Cornflakes is what did it, and it was crunchy and it was yummy after eating tuna all week. And I would just be delirious. And people do that, and I would lose fat. I would get down to like, whatever, see all my abs, blah, blah, crap. But I would do that and think that that's healthy. And I think this is what happens to our clients too. It's just because you lose weight doesn't mean it's healthy. But people confuse, I think it's so overcoupled. Because in our culture, we think about being overweight as being unhealthy then losing weight must immediately gain you health and we don't talk about people who get sick while they're losing weight because they do right Mhm. people get sick all the time i've worked with clients who come to me with immune system issues and they're like oh i need to work on my nervous system and i'm like tell me about your diet before i throw you into trauma work Because you might be under-fueled to even, like, do the trauma work. And all of a sudden, it's like, you're eating 25 grams of protein a day? Maybe there's something else that needs to change before we look at your trauma, right? Oh, but I I don't want to be heavy. Well, you also don't want to be under-fueled for what you're dealing with.
2: Right, right. You need to support what you got going on. Yeah, and I think in our culture, like, in you can
1: go to health at every size and looking at this kind of direction and how much um, health at every size advocates get attacked for mm-hmm. for doing what they're doing, which is pretty much saying just being thin doesn't mean you're healthy. And being, you know, plus size doesn't mean you're unhealthy. But we're so brainwashed. Right. It's going to take forever to clean ourselves up from this.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think people think that health at every size means you can eat as much as you want anytime you want. And that's not what it is either. It's not, it's finding a healthy balance that works for you and your body and not being all all about a number on the scale or a certain way your body looks, but how do you feel? Mm-hmm. And, and again, that doesn't mean McDonald's every day and, Um, ice cream for dinner and donuts for breakfast and eating like complete crap. You need to eat the things that nourish your body nourish your mind and make you healthy and feel good, not just whatever the heck you want because I'm body healthy at every size. No, because at a certain point when they have to cut you out of your house, that's not healthy anymore. Right. I, I think that there's such an importance
1: for, you know, educating the medical community that you being over whatever the, the BMI they expect is BMI. not necessarily the, it's not necessarily the cause of your symptoms. Like that's why health and every size has been so important and weight stigma education has been so important. But I think once mm-hmm. we have those baselines, then it's up to every individual to find that intersection. And I think to the degree to which I think I'm unhealthy right now at my weight because I'm heavier than when I thought I was healthy, that's where it becomes a mind game. And how do we, for each individual, unbrainwash enough to allow them to function at their healthiest at the weight that's appropriate versus the weight that's imagined, right? Right. Like for me, it was a ton yep. of work to allow the weight that I'm now to become accepted as my new normal. Because if you go back and look at what I thought was normal five years ago or 10 years ago, it was not a healthy weight for me, but I wouldn't accept any higher weight as healthy. So my internal
2: mental set point had to change. Right. Right. Yep. And I think, I think, you know, regardless of where people fall on the the weight spectrum, whether it's overweight or underweight, it, it can be an eating disorder on either side. And Mm -hmm. if your relationship with food is whacked, no, there's no diet that's going to save you. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. It's not, it's got to be deeper than diet. And if you don't work through the reason that you are eating cake and cookies all the time, or the reason that you're not eating you're only eating 25 grams of protein um then then that problem is going to persist and food doesn't fix it regardless yeah
1: is it okay to ask another question about weight do we have space? Mm -hmm. so it's okay with me amy how do how how do you navigate this idea like when a client and understand as professionals we respect our clients goals Mm -hmm. and at the same time as you said, both on the overweight and the underweight for a body, we can be dealing with disordered eating. How do you navigate that conversation about, you know, bringing
2: people more towards the middle? So, well, when when I, whenever I work with a client, I prefer to, you know, most of the time it'll be like for a meal plan and I set them up on what a healthy template looks like. And, um, and I give them a template so they get to still freedom to choose the foods that they they want instead of like I'm you're going to eat chicken and broccoli and it telling that telling so I want I want them to be able to choose foods they like and that they have and and that and that work and then sort of like how how I kind of gauge where they're at on the spectrum is with their feedback of trying to be on that program. So just as an example, a couple clients that I've had recently just cannot get it together. Like they'll they'll be good for a meal a day, maybe, maybe. Um, and then it's just whatever whatever they want and however they want it. Well that meal plan is not gonna work for them. Um, ultimately so then then I start setting smaller goals Mm -hmm. so bringing them that can you drink half your body weight in water so other healthy things outside of that let's get you moving for Mm -hmm. 20 minutes four or five days a week Uh, let's eat make it a goal to eat four cups of vegetables a day or two cups wherever they're at like using that as a Mm -hmm. goal or let's say this is going to be breakfast this week, like we're going to do one meal at a time and just meeting them where they are. And then, you know, like ultimately I am not a therapist and, but I, I do a lot of therapy. When I talk to people on phones, I feel like I should have like a psychology degree and make double the m- amount of money that I'm making, but I don't. <laughs> right. Um, um, but it's, it's a lot of times for me, the way I work is tough love. Yeah, I I'm I'm not, not going to sugarcoat anything. You're going to get it straight. Like this this is what needs to happen if you want to see results. I can give you all the I can give you the tools, but you have to use the tools. That's mm-hmm. your choice, not my. I can't use them for you. Um mm-hmm. if I could, I would, but I can't. And I want to be here to help you figure out how those tools work in your life. The best that I can, mm-hmm. but if you need if you've got things, if there's a reason like if you're a stress eater, if you're um, if you are an emotional eater, those are things you need to work on and i I've suggested you know how about seeing a therapist? I usually try to start with journaling um because once you say therapist, then they kind of, they just tune you out you're like mm, whatever um, so like starting with journaling. Um, my trying some mindful eating exercises Mm -hmm. and I don't know if they ever do it. I mean I suspect half of them do and then the other half just give me lip service but um I'm again I'm giving them the tools. It's up to them to use them. And and I try again try to meet them where they are. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes like I've I've gone to the point where text me a picture of what you're eating or or I I will look at the restaurant menu for you. And I will give you options of what you can order and still they don't. And, you know, there's a point where I can tell you this is, these are the the best four choices on the menu for you. But if you still choose to order the enchiladas with extra cheese, then I, I got nothing, you know, like I can't fix that. And so when the scale doesn't go down or your clothes don't fit differently, that's not me that's on you. And yeah. and and I'm not afraid to say that. And and if it continues and continues, I get to to the point where it's frustrating for me, mm-hmm. I I need to fire them as my client, you know, because yeah. I can't sure. I'm not helping and they're frustrated and I'm frustrated and I'm not just going to take their money and when when I'm not the kind of help that they need right now. They're not yeah. ready.
1: Yeah, it's almost like um in in, in my work, there's this idea of I'm ready to teach, but uh-huh. my student in a place where they're ready to learn. And when right. we go to people, they often think that they are ready to learn because there's a desire to go somewhere. And I think so often uh-huh. desire is confused with ability. Oh, I really yeah. want to. I really want to. Well, cool. And let's see what's there are you able? And are you ready? Because you might be willing, but until you're both willing and ready and able, it's not going to happen. Right. And uh, and the same, (laughs) the same thing happens with me where people come and they're like, Oh my God, I did your webinar, you know, and now I understand why I'm emotionally eating. Great. That just opened the door. So are you going to walk through it? Right. well i i can't do another thing all right then keep doing what you're doing but don't tell me that you expected things to change because you watched a 90-minute webinar like right that's the door that opened and tomorrow morning when you wake up you have to do sensory integration exercises because those nerves Mm -hmm. don't know how to work so i think it's so complicated um when people feel so overwhelmed often, right? And we try to help and they're like, but I'm too overwhelmed to listen to you trying to help me. (laughs) Hi, <laughs> Roller here with a brief you know, interruption to, to Move Live. 365, where you say you hey, go to a therapist, and they're like, well, Alina and I right. have been
0: hosting our fun and thriving right. membership community right. since 2017. Right? And we'd the love the to have you incredible. as our next member. It's a very good thing. But Eat Move Live 365. And, and it, it's a it's filled delicate with like-minded space. people, just like you. Ready to share tips, have fun, and give each other the support we all need mm-hmm. to live our best lives. We've got monthly recipes, mindfulness practices and exercises and mobility programs that you can do right at home or without any equipment. You are going to love how great simple habits, spirited motivation, and a warm community can make you feel. Head over to live 365com right now and check it out. Eatmovelive365.com. See you there.
2: And I, I've, I've had clients that, okay, so I give them a meal plan and they can't follow that. And then they're like, well, I think I might try keto. Okay. Yeah. My meal plan is way more liberal than keto. So that's probably not going to be a good idea. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, like like,
2: and, and there, there are times when they ask me to put together a keto plan for them. And I'm like, how about we just do what we're doing here first and then we can try that. Yeah. But but let's not make things harder than they already are and i think a lot of times people do that they try they make things harder than they have to be because they think it looks easier based on what everybody else is doing because the internet would have you believe that you know keto cookies and slim fast keto shakes are the way to go
1: there's a slim fast keto shake
2: oh there is
1: oh i could do keto tomorrow morning you could in chocolate flavor. For, with That's a me. I'm just continuously amazed at what the industry comes right. up with.
0: Remember that I went to I, the... bet Soopers, I bet
1: King Supers. I bet King Supers
2: has it on the shelf. Yeah, probably.
0: Well, I don't. I haven't been to the we we where we lived before. There was a Walmart neighborhood market, which is like the grocery store version of Walmart. Okay. And yep at the checkout area, there was an entire wall of keto stuff. Right yes. There.
2: I actually keto took tubs. a picture of that at our Walmart. Yes. It's
0: crazy. <laughs> it was keto
2: fuel. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: And you just, sell, yep. all you have to do is buy a bunch of the stuff and you don't really like what else, you know, make it so easy.
1: Yep. We have a friend who I ended up in hospital you. after starting keto. Um, and uh, she's one of those friends that asks us for advice all the time, but she doesn't really take it. Mm-hmm. And um, right. we, yep. we got this text on the Sunday night. I think I was home. Uh, Saying, hey, you guys, I need to talk to you. I started keto, ended up in hospital. She's diabetic, right? Uh, Uh, Uncontrolled, uncontrolled diabetic. Awesome. Sugars, sugars in the 300s and the 400s, right? And uh, you know, it didn't end up well for her. And she has like four kids, and I was like, she's "Hmm, on IV.
0: uh, And then we find out that this was like the second time she had been in the hospital with this iv with,
1: with severe dehydration
0: and then finally she told uh, somebody this time that she was doing keto and they're like you're not they said i think she said you're not qualified to do keto like, you're, you're, the doctor and said, that is the case with half of the people out
2: there doing keto
0: your prescription is not keto so then she took that as like she just went back to normal like she didn't go back from keto to like a more reasonable diet she went back to Fast food and donuts standard
2: and standard bullshittery. Yeah.
0: Donuts at church yep. the next morning.
2: Yeah, and it makes yep. me
1: just feel so. I feel so sad when people can't receive common sense help, and then at the same time I can't receive common sense help in other areas in my life. So I <laughs>
2: completely understand. Right. I know. I know. It's so easy. Why can't yeah. you do this? Why can't you figure this out? And then there's me. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Let's talk a little bit about, so we have talked about some of the extremes and some of the things that frustrate us, right? Let's talk about a little bit about mm-hmm. how, like, what are some things that people, you know, can and should do? Like, for instance, every year I look at the U.S. News and World Report's diet rankings and mm-hmm. quite reasonable diets are, I mean, the news, like, says, oh, I, the Whole30, like, Whole30 is always, like, the worst diet, right? It gets, like, close to the bottom right. of the rank, Whole30, which... Which the diet itself is not like that. I don't I don't I don't find it unhealthy at all, right? Like maybe right, people right, maybe because totally. it's a quick fix totally. type of thing, I get it. But yeah. But all of their rankings seem to be based on standard medical advice from like 10 years ago. So they'll look at all these diets through that lens. So well, it doesn't include it's a super extreme and it doesn't include bread, it doesn't include healthy whole grains. And like so, like obviously it has to be at the bottom. Yet diets like super low fat and dash diet, which you know low 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 salt, I think it's a low salt diet, they get ranked mm-hmm. way up at the at the top.
1: And the Mediterranean diet's always right there.
0: Yeah, and like the Mediterranean diet, like
1: it's know. a it's a mythical animal too. It's like yeah. there's no one Mediterranean. Well, I
0: remember one year the the paleo diet was got dinged because. There's their evidence was there's not just one paleo there was never just one paleo type of person so how can there be a paleo diet well I've right. you know I've met a lot of Mediterranean people and none of them mm-hmm. have the same diet like right? so like there's a, you know, right <laughs> so like right why, like so why does a Mediterranean diet get a pass so
2: and i think i think a lot of that has to do with okay so who are the people that are actually putting together the rankings what are the rankings rankings based on and like i can see from from their standpoints like why the mediterranean diet would be healthier it's most likely they're they're looking at it from a sustainability standpoint there's a lot more variety of food there it's easier to do in social settings um It it's balanced with that it it emphasizes vegetables. There's, you know, like there there it allows for all foods fit kind of mentality. Um, Mm -hmm. When 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 the ones you notice that are on the bottom and even vegan is 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 fairly low on the list um, are the ones that are, you know, we're excluding things. We're making hard and fast food rules for people to follow. and and are more short term like the Whole30 um and that are less sustainable from from that side of things so I think what what we're going to see more and more of and I think we're already seeing it is that the all foods fit you know everything Mm. can fit and and I think that's kind of I know like the rankings I believe the the people that um are responsible for putting that together they base that on the standard American diet, the dietary guidelines, that kind of stuff. And again, this is for everyone. This isn't for people that necessarily need to like the guide, the dietary guidelines isn't for people that need to lose weight. It's for all ages. It's for, you know, so you have to take all that stuff into consideration when, when you look at this stuff. Um, And ultimately the the rankings are meaningless. They're meaningless because you have to find what works for you. It doesn't matter what somebody else says is number one, if you can't follow it, it doesn't matter what it, it and if the last one on the list is the one that you feel the best on, and that is sustainable to you, then by all means, you run with that shit. Um, you got to find what's right for you. And nobody's opinion can tell you which one is going to be the best for you and that's that's where I like I don't even look at the rankings anymore because I'm like you know what it doesn't even matter because I've had some really successful vegan clients and I have had some really successful keto clients that that needed that I've had some very unsuccessful paleo clients I've had some very unsuccessful um, keto clients you know like it just it's they come to me asking for one thing and we might end up somewhere totally different. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. I've, I've helped people with vegetarian and vegan diets and a lot of it has to do with how they feel when they eat meat. Like it, they don't feel good. And And if you don't feel good or you're not digesting it, then, then that's not good for you. Like it's not good mm-hmm. for your body. Mm-hmm. I would say that's a minority of the population, but there are people out there that can thrive on that and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And everybody needs to just, like, relax. Like, (laughs) just because somebody else is saying that they're on a vegan diet, we don't have to say, you suck, Um, that's stupid. And I know I make fun of vegan. I could never be a vegan. Like, I just couldn't. Like, I like meat. And meat makes me feel good. But there are people that it doesn't make feel good. Mm -hmm. And, And that's okay. And keto is a short-term fix and or a therapeutic diet and needs to be done under supervision and if you're eating keto cookies I'm gonna make fun of you too probably um (laughs) but it it, but there are people that it, it that need it and that it works very well for and that's okay and just because if you're one of those people and you see somebody else that needs to lose weight you don't need to tell them that they need to do keto too because that worked for them. You don't know where they're at and you don't know what's going to work for them. So yeah. that's yeah. and that's how I tailor all my work. It's all very individual. And it we we find what works for each person.
1: That's amazing. And I feel like while you're finding what works for each person, I imagine that there's certain principles or certain um, kind of values that you stick to. So if it really just works for me to only eat lettuce three times a day, I'm imagining when when I work with you that you'd be like, well, you actually need some protein, you need some fat. Right, exactly. What would you say are the, like, if we take, if we could make this very crazy Venn diagram, and we could take all diets and kind of bring the overlap of all of them that actually works would you feel that overlap places is it nutrient density or maybe it's not it can be just one thing but if there was a few things I'm imagining nutrient density is one of them sustainability is one of them um what 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 factors do you think go in there
2: yeah I definitely do the the nutrient density so there's there you will never get a meal plan for me that does not have a vegetable in some way shape or form even if you are having digestion issues we are going to blend it we are going to do something to get you some vegetables because you need vegetables um but the, the the backbones like that i always start people on are vegetables high quality proteins and then healthy fats and work on getting some of the other stuff out, it does need to be sustainable, so there's always treats incorporated. And depending on the client and where their goals are, the number of treats that I, I put in per week I don't call it cheat because you can't cheat right. on food, you, that's just stupid. Um, so you, you get it's well, part of if your you plan, want...
0: it's not cheating, right?
2: Right, exactly. It's a treat, and, and that's what I think we've stopped thinking about things as treats and it just becomes an everyday food and Mm -hmm. not a treat and that's where we start getting into trouble and a bag of potato chips becomes a norm and not a treat anymore Mm -hmm. that's just something that I eat every day whereas we're going to make it a treat again so that's not going to be the norm but ice cream is a treat so guess what it's you have this many treats per per week and you can use them however you want. You can use all of them at one time. You can use them one at a time. But one food is one treat. So use them wisely. And yeah. so like setting it up like that. And you can eat out this many times a week. And trying to, you know, just rein them in a little bit slowly. And make making things work well for them. So mm-hmm. sustainability, nutrient density, and enjoyability. Mm-hmm. But they have to be able to enjoy it like if you're not enjoying your food like if i hate when i have clients like, i choked down my broccoli well then don't eat broccoli mm-hmm. eat something else find a way to prepare it that's good don't just you know boil it till it's dead or w- whatever you're doing with it and we look for recipes and we try you know like try different things Mix your vegetables into things. Make stews and soups. And you don't have to just have a pile on, your, on the side of your plate. And it doesn't always have to be a salad. Um, mm-hmm. Finding ways to enjoy these, the foods that are healthy uh, and make them taste good. Um, that, that's another key. And then just it, are, is it making you feel good mentally also? Or is it stressing you out? And finding something that's sustainable in that realm also. Because if meal prep stresses you out, well, then we got to figure something else out. Yeah. We have to find some super easy ways to do this. We have to pick a few restaurants or ready to eat type things that, that you can have. I even had one client that, you know, we we looked at some, some freezer meals, like the frozen microwave ones and people are probably like oh that's terrible well you know what it worked for her and it got her away from something a whole lot worse so Mm -hmm. um you 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 do what works you you do what works for the person and what makes them happy mentally (laughs) physically all the way around it's
1: just yeah yeah that's amazing and I think people don't take into consideration those Say there's 10 questions. Is it nutrient dense? Is it sustainable? Is there variety? Can I have treats? Do I enjoy these foods? Do I enjoy food prep? Whatever the 10 preliminary questions are. And I would imagine 90% of people are like, oh, it's just like they won't have a clue even how to answer those questions. Right.
2: You're totally right. You're totally right. And then when the
1: diet doesn't work, what do people do? Because we were all children at one point. We don't think the diet's bad. We think I'm bad. And what what do you do to make yourself feel better? You do the behavior that makes you feel better. So you eat crap or whatever. Um, And then you maintain that self-belief that's disempowering that you're bad. You're not bad. You just don't know yet how to choose an appropriate diet. And you don't know yet how to lean into the appropriate professional support so that the help can be helpful. And I think if we can have these, I have these conversations with my clients right up front and say, we need to figure out how this help can be helpful for you. Because if we are not willing to look at the change process as the backbone of your weight loss or you moving through your emotional eating issues, we we won't be able to get you success. And we want you to have success because you have 50 years or 60 years or 40 years of suffering behind you
2: and you just right. don't want to you don't want to keep living like this yep and until they get to that point there won't be change
1: no because until that point we're just going you know like in 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 studies how the mouse goes and presses the lever to get the little the little treat to get the whatever uh-huh. the sugar water the cocaine whatever they're giving the mice that day Until that day, we're all just like these little mice going and pressing on the diet lever for the the new next fancy treats to come down and get a little cheap dopamine hit. You feel like you're on top of the world for 24 hours, maybe 48, and then you drop down to reality. And on earth, it's not pretty. And then you choose the next one. And then you go press on the next lever. And Mm -hmm. this is why there's how many diet books published every year, like 5,000 or something, some ridiculous number right yeah and and why it's a
2: right and why the diet industry is like a 300 billion dollar industry like okay right yeah
1: so do you and and my question to most people is like do you want to go go keep pushing on the little levers and be a little mouse again and again and again or do you want to get into human shape and look at your behaviors and get the right help it might need five you might need five people to figure out what's happening Oh, I went to mm-hmm. PhD and she had a PhD and it didn't work. Well, that's not enough. You need four more right. people on your team to move through this change process. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I can't afford it. Okay, now we have a different conversation to have.
2: Right, right, exactly, yep. exactly.
1: But it's not the diet. It's not the diet. It's never the diet.
0: No, but the nope. next diet that they've never tried that <laughs> they see so many other people doing and, and saying they're having success with, and there's so many books about it, and there's so many people talking about it, it must work, and they get a dopamine hit just from starting it, right? So right. Like whatever it is, whether it's, and, and, and usually it's something that, I mean, I don't think the complicated diets have the same draw, but these ones that are super, like in some ways, paleo was simple. In some ways, keto seems simple. The carnivore diet, uh-huh. simple. Vegan diet, simple. Because it's like, oh, you just have these super simple rules and you just. You just
1: Nobody's you just, like, things. I really am considering starting this antihistamine diet. It really works for my friend. Because <laughs> yeah. that's You're hell right. on earth. That is hell on earth. I was yeah. on an antihistamine diet for three months and I was like, I was like suicidal. I
0: people really <laughs> lose weight on the low FODMAP, on the, on the, on the FODMAP diet. Like, what's a, low right, pod, what's right. a map again? It's like, I'm going to need a computer program to spit out my menu. You're like, no, uh-huh. right, do that kind of, kind of stuff. But people look at these simple, these diets that aren't meant specifically for weight loss that can lead to weight loss. And they're like, oh, I have to lose weight? Like, somebody emailed me yesterday. Yeah, I um, used to be in the Air Force and I was in really good shape. I want to get back into that kind of shape again. And I'm thinking of starting the keto diet and going back on my, the PT program that I used in the air force, and I'm like, well, did it require like a lot of like running and like a lot of lot of you know exercise? And he said, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I like, go, well, maybe keto is not the best thing for you. Maybe you should just like, right, you know, <laughs> eat something that's more reasonable.
1: At that point, I'm like, uh-huh. unless you have a time machine, buddy, <laughs> this is not gonna work. Yeah, like I don't, but I don't right. think the keto diet exactly. would have worked for him when
0: he was in the air force either. Right. That's why they're not in. Yeah. That's why the air force isn't doing it
2: yep
1: amen amen so yeah we started with a little bit of um of of this idea of that there's perhaps a a cross-section of what's good in each diet and i feel like every macronutrient has been vilified other than protein like fat was bad carbs were bad i was low carb for 10 years
0: protein is bad for your kidneys
1: oh protein bad for the kidneys but it's kind of like eggs are bad for your gallbladder when you don't have a gallbladder. But what about protein? You wrote something recently about, hey, high protein might not be a great idea for everyone. Um, do you mind right. a little balance in the in this in this statement?
2: Sure. So you know, protein is great. It's satiating. It's it helps preserve our muscles. And and a little bit more for most people is totally fine. What what I see happen. That happens a lot is people start displacing other healthy foods mm-hmm. and putting in more meat and mm-hmm. so it becomes all protein, no vegetables, and you know like it and then nutrient deficiencies start happening on a different end because protein doesn't have all the vitamins, all the minerals, it doesn't have fiber, so constipation is a thing mm-hmm. um, and and so that's that's where the biggest problem there is, and then choosing what type of protein are they choosing? so are we eating bacon every day, and are we you know so like what i I truly believe that too much saturated fat is not good, and I know you can i'll probably like go to the burn on the steak for that, but it's I think at some point it's gonna bite us in the ass, mm-hmm. so mark my words, um anyway um. Uh, wh- what proteins are you choosing? I've I've had people that do two protein shakes a day and then eat a pound of a uh, uh, pound of steak or a pound of hamburger. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. okay, you don't need a pound of meat at any one sitting. You just don't. So don't be <laughs> don't be stupid about it. Like, and that's where it's it's everybody takes everything to an extreme, mm-hmm. and and so when they hear, oh, protein is good. Well, well, then huh? I'm going to eat all the protein, um, and and that's not and that's not what it is. Too much of anything is not a good thing.
0: Well, it's protein. When they hear protein is good, they're like, oh wow, because look at all the meat and all these love, wonderful things I can eat. But like, if you say vegetables good, no one's like, oh, I'm going to like triple up my right. vegetables because exactly. vegetables aren't, aren't that amazing.
1: Aren't that hyper palatable? <laughs> But you know what's also interesting is that you know, if you look at protein and saying, "Oh yeah, well, meat has all the nutrients, it's not muscle meat that has it, it's organ meats, and I come from a part of the world where lamb head is considered like a normal breakfast food, and okay it, and it's like here you are this little once again, you know,
2: remind me not to go there no little, I'm like
1: seven seven year old you know just kind of navigating I don't really want the eyes, but I'm going to have the tongue and the brain and everything else for breakfast, and it's delightful but you know, um, you grow um, up you grow up eating eating, right eating these spare parts that are full of nutrients, just full. Mm-hmm. And you're eating your lamb head with like four pieces of bread, you know, and that's Great. considered normal. And then you eat a couple of pounds of yogurt throughout the day because that's just how how we live there. And then that kind of protein and fat also brings some massive micronutrients, but most Americans the meat people eat here comes in a little baggie and it's got nothing right. attached to it. So protein is taken out of its context. It's taken out mm-hmm. of the animal in a way that people don't even understand. And so there's all these deficiencies, you know, and it's copper stuff happening and manganese and like all these different micronutrient defic- deficiencies that happen in the brain because of it. And people are like, oh, I'm just going to eat it because it's good without really having information and that's what's really scary when you think about it, because that's how I used to use nutrition information. It's like, oh, it sounds good without any context around it. It's right. crazy. It's crazy to me. But I'm prone to that. Like we can all get myopic like this. Yep. That brings I think, us to yeah, cheese.
2: I think. Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Totally agree that we're all. If we don't catch ourselves, we we go that route. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well,
0: let's talk about our favorite one of our favorite nutrients, macronutrients. it's own, it's, it's, its, own, own, it's, its own thing.
1: It's its own food group. It's its, its own pyramid. Cheese, cheese, cheese,
0: right? So obviously, cheese it has prote- is delicious. I know. Obviously, it has protein in it. But like you, with your your you prescribe bacon with into the fat category. Right? Usually, as well with. Of cheese, put it into the fat category yep. as well. Yep. Um, so, you recently posted an article that's sort of buzzing around the news lately. What was it? It was a, uh, doctors,
1: doctors Against Cheese.
0: Doctors Against Cheese.
2: How Doctors Want to Put Cancer Warnings in Cheese. Right. And, you, like? you know, like, it's, it's the, the doctors that want to do this, Dr. Neil Bernard, I believe that's how you mm-hmm. say his name. I'm not entirely sure, but he has a vegan agenda so everything there is going to be bad you know so it comes from an animal and they're looking at it from the the antibiotics and all of the hormones in cheese and and you know like their arguments are legit to a point but not really because they're also saying oh soy is good and you know ultimately like is cheese what's going to kill somebody? No, it's, it's not. It's really not. Um, And I think that's like with everything where, Oh my gosh, that's terrible. We can't eat that at all. It's like, that's not the one thing that's going to kill you. And we need to stop taking these extreme Mm -hmm. stances on everything. Now, if cheese is all you eat all day, every day, well, then we got a problem, but that's a different kind of problem. And just don't too much of anything is a bad thing. And again, just be smart and take everything you hear with a grain of salt. And just because it works for one person does not mean it's going to work for you. And that's okay. I've been really struck by I've spent the last
1: five years um, working in the Netherlands for a little bit and really struck by the Dutch people's diet who, you know, a lot of them bike a lot. So they're out on their bikes and they're very active. I have barely seen any people overweight in the Netherlands. Tourists, but not the locals. And Uh they will eat, so traditional Dutch breakfast is a piece of bread with margarine and chocolate sprinkles. And they have literally aisles of chocolate sprinkles, different kinds of chocolate sprinkles. Like, can, like our cereal aisles here. Like you they have can chocolate sprinkle yeah, aisles. Different chocolate sprinkle aisles, colored, different flavors. But they eat a very restricted amount. Like the portions are not big at all. So they eat some of that um, bread and margarine or butter and chocolate sprinkles. And then they eat cheese. They eat a lot of cheese, especially raw cheeses mm-hmm. that are aged. Mm-hmm. And then there's cheese lots of cheese lots of potatoes tons of berries tons of mushrooms a lot of greens that look wild it's kind of like arugula like that kind of greens that are more wild with okay. very very strong greens and they'll eat a ton mm-hmm. of french fries with mayonnaise and it's very strange because their diet is heavy in carbs heavy in fat it has some protein but not too much but they don't overeat anything and they're super active And it's been so interesting to me to observe, it's kind of like a farmer's diet, right? Kind of like we have in Bulgaria, minus the, minus the lamb heads, but they're so incredibly active and they love life. They love being out and they're so social. And I feel like in America, there's all these eating, and especially if you look at American movies, when you even when you don't live here, it's like really Americans just sit on the couch and eat tubs of ice cream and popcorn all the time? Right. There's just so yep. much isolation here and so much eating is done alone and so much eating is done in cars and so much eating is done on couches that it's like mm-hmm. how much of this is actually about our social system not working and our social engagement and rest and digest system not working as opposed to what foods are actually going in there, I think
2: about that a right. lot. I think that it's huge. Lifestyle is big. Like like I said, food won't fix it. Like it's a bigger problem than just food. And mm. until we we're, put all the pieces together, it's nothing's going to be lasting or or and or work. Like it just, it just won't, you might see results for a little while, but you're always going to revert back to where you were before. You have to look at all the pieces Mm -hmm. and, and be willing to be un, be comfortable being uncomfortable for a while, because it's not going to be easy. What you need to do is not going to be easy. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Um, so it's super confusing for everybody, right? <laughs> for, for the public, right. even down to like, you know, professionals that work in the business from health coaches to personal trainers. I've had, you know, RDs and doctors. I remember once when my cholesterol was like right on the borderline, they gave me like a this pamphlet that like said, don't eat A, like all these things that mm-hmm. were like super wrong. Like, I could go to the USDA website and I could already find that this information was wrong and they're still handing this stuff out because they don't know. So, how, with all this confusion out there, like how, does, how do you make decisions about you know, what to eat, not to eat, when, and when all this stuff is out there?
2: Again, I think it, it comes down to we all know what we should and shouldn't eat in, in the grand scheme of things. I mean, really, like, let's be honest. We know vegetables are good. We know lean meats are good. We know we know what healthy and unhealthy is. Every, I'm pretty sure everybody out there can be like no you know as a small child that candy isn't an everyday food or that chips aren't something you should eat in large amounts. If it's if it's super hyper palatable, you probably shouldn't do it. So we don't need a study to tell us that um eating cheese all day every day is bad or eating three pounds of cheese a day is isn't good for you or like don't be stupid and and that's what like again with these studies that that come out the things that the the amounts that they're eating and in the the way the studies are set up they're they're set up with an agenda so just being smart about what you know and and of actually just ignoring the noise eat Mm -hmm. some vegetables every day eat some high quality protein every day um do what feels good don't eat anything like an asshole I don't care if it's celery or potato chips like either way some is good a lot is not Mm -hmm. and 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 just just don't be stupid that's that's all I can say
0: some of these could be your tagline (laughs)
2: don't be stupid
0: don't eat like an asshole it's like like, we're going going down the list some is good a lot is not it's like
1: yeah yeah. totally but you know this is it at the end of the day there's common sense and as adults it's our um kind of privilege to use it but so often we want to outsource it for someone else Mm -hmm. to tell us and i think when we're stuck um in in a fear mindset we look for information to make ourselves more afraid. So it's like, oh, it's lectins. Oh, it's coffee. Oh, it's alcohol. So we wanna point our fingers because we're in a fear mindset with food and say, here's another thing I'm going to exclude. Here's another thing I'm going to exclude. Here's another thing I'm going to exclude. Whether it's eggs for cholesterol or gluten for your thyroid or whatever it is, I'm gonna continue to exclude until at the end, I'm, I'm so hungry. <laughs> that I no longer have the nutrients that I need to make good decisions. And now you're screwed.
0: And now it's not my fault anymore. Right. I crap because I'm, I'm delirious.
1: Right. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yep. Right. You. Exactly. I have
1: to tell you as a vegan and as a low carb human, I was delirious on both diets. And I don't think it was the diet. It was how I was doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm Mm -hmm. willing to publicly say it because it's a learning edge for some people who might not want to have to go in the desert for 40 years to do what I did.
0: I never felt delirious on it. Like the most extreme diet I ever did was the velocity diet.
1: Oh, was that dumb? Yeah. I only lasted 17 months.
0: Like when I did it, I knew, and like, it was not like a long-term thing. It was like, oh, can you do 30 days to try to lose weight as fast as possible? And then there was like a whole plan. Okay. At the end, don't just be an idiot, like he had a whole ramp it back up to like your normal reasonable diet plan. so I knew what I was getting into, and the worst part of it was I was just hungry and thinking that, but I could be just probably less hungry if I would have the exact same macronutrients worth of chicken breast and broccoli. Mm-hmm. right and, Probably and right. Oil, right. probably. Yeah, so mm-hmm. but I was never delirious so. So I was definitely able to make a enough, good decision.
1: You had enough fat. To I was about to say
0: I was about to ma- that I made a good decision, but I did stick it out for the whole thirty days. So maybe I was delirious, and i was just figuring that out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't bad,
0: and I'm actually glad I did it because it, like it was like a, it was like a, it was like a milestone. Can I do this this thing for a long period of time? And you know I didn't get abs though.
2: Yeah, they- you didn't get abs. Well, then it's not even worth it. So whatever. I had like a, a two pack,
0: but it was still blurry.
1: 30 days to two pack. That'll be the most saddest book
2: on Amazon. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Let's let's not that that's not gonna be a bestseller. So nope.
0: challenge accepted.
2: Amy,
1: tell mm-hmm. us tell us about um you, how people, if somebody's fallen in love with you on our podcast, how can they find you and work with you? And we're gonna also put your website and uh okay. everything else you have in our show notes.
2: Yeah. Um, well, my website. You can go to my website, and there's a contact me um, space there. Uh, I'm also on social media, so Twitter and Facebook as Amy Kubal and Amy K R D on Twitter, and um, and you can also just just shoot me an email, and and um, you can put that in the show notes also. So yeah, and and. I would love to talk with or help, help anyone that, that might be struggling and, um, yeah. And you work both with males and females, right? Males, females, I've, 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 children, I've, I've worked with children, um, adolescents. Yep. So the spectrum.
1: That's how when people ask me, like, who do you work with? I'm like five to (laughs) eighty-nine. Like that's just my range. Like I have and that's my range of experience. I could probably work with older, but 89 is my oldest client. Um,
0: That's just so many things. We're like this has been a great talk. So great. Loved having you on. And I suspect we're gonna want to have you on again because I'm already thinking of things we could talk about in the future.
2: I would love to talk to you. I will be on. Anytime, anytime, because talking is one of the things I'm really good at. <laughs> Thank you for your generous contribution for
1: listeners. And I, I look forward to another talk with you because uh, off off the record, we talked about diet culture and some of the ways that you and I have navigated our eating issues and disordered eating. And um, I feel like there's so many women, especially, who need to hear that there is a way out even if the way out yes. is blurry,
2: <laughs> right? I agree. I agree, and I I feel I'm I'm very very passionate about that topic. Just again, like you, because I've spent so much of my life wrapped up in it, and
0: yeah,
2: and just so people know they're not alone. And even even the pros struggle, so it's yeah. and it's okay. Yeah, and
1: I think the pros would not go in, towards the direction of our calling if we didn't come from struggle,
2: I believe I, I completely agree, completely agree.
1: Because I can, I can sit with my client and say, oh, oh yeah, that pisses me off too. And I really Mm -hmm. feel it. And my client can really feel that I want to scream at the same stuff that they want to scream at instead of like, oh, it's okay. No, it's not fair. I get it. I'm in it. I'm in it too. Let me tell you about the crazy idea I had this morning. Right. Sure. So right. It makes, exactly. It make, <laughs> exactly. So we're in it together, and it's easier to move through together
2: than alone. Hmm? Well, let me tell you about my crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, one of my clients on my group call last week didn't re- didn't know that I used to be obese.
1: No. <gasps> no. Yeah. Oh. Okay.
0: Yeah. So I'm like, when I was telling my story, oh, you guys all know that I lost a hundred pounds, and she's like, "What?". <laughs> When? I go, like seventeen years ago. She goes, I had no idea. So were always like, why didn't me? Like I thought that was why you hired me. No.
2: I, right. You know, it's it's like, those of us that have struggled or struggle are that are best able to help because we know what's going on in their in the in their in in, in the mind because our mind is has, has been or is there too and and I think we're more we're better able and equipped to help than the trainer that whose abs you can see that has never had a food struggle in their life. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank this is so much. invigorating.
0: Amy Kubal, everybody. Yeah, was- the trend free RD. I love your, I love it. Love it.
2: Awesome. Thank you.
0: Thanks for having us. And we will talk to you next time soon.
2: Soon. Thank you guys for listening.
1: Good. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye, everybody. Galena and I had so much fun with Amy that we have decided to team up, the three of us, on a big, exciting project about health, weight loss, and finding your new normal. Come join us at live 52com slash Amy. Get all the information. Sign up to hear the news first. See you soon.